Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, Follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now, here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Kendall, Jerry, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. First, I want to say I'm happy to be back. I was out early this week taking care of, the, taking care of a few things. The guys filled in real real well for me. Appreciate that. Walter it was great. Heard it all. Um, hey, we got two good guests on today. Let's get rolling. Yeah, I'm doing good, too. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm in the South Texas. I'm pretty sure a lot of you know that. Uh, I think think we're about to have a hurricane hit pretty soon so uh we'll we'll be safe but uh, other than that super excited about the show let's go yes and later on the show we will have jeremiah spicer join us on the show and also timothy whitfield and also we will discuss some coaches that are going to be on the hot seat this upcoming season and also we will release the east west football podcast preseason rankings number 32 through 19 so that will be later on on the podcast but first Let's talk about the biggest stories in football this week. After weeks of discussion and negotiations, the NFL and the NFLPA have agreed to the foundation necessary to play amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So we will have NFL football in 2020. Hey, football is back. I can't wait. Man, I'm just I'm ready to see some live football. Just, I'm glad that they came to agreement over the week. Man, hey, man, I'm hey, I'm ready for the season, man. We just a few weeks away from from things getting training camp starts next week, but hey, we about we about a good we a little over a month from the season start. I can't wait, man. Let's go. This, I mean, this is great news. I mean, great news. I mean, ah, right, what a relief. And I understand still. I, I and I say this, I you know, prayers to all the players and the coaching staff, everybody in the organizations that they were able to have a successful season. I, you know. There may be some, you know, there might be some 
reports of illnesses here and there, but still football's back and it's gonna and it's gonna help this nation defeat this this uh this I don't even want to address it by its name. Pandemic. I didn't even want to say pandemic. I just think that with the with the energy that the, the football is going to bring, it's just going to squash it to to the ground, and it's going to be something that we forget about. Yeah, and it's just going to make everything feel a little bit normal, right? I mean, we're going to have football on Sundays here very soon, so yeah, um, yeah super excited. We are going to have a season. I mean, I never doubted that we wouldn't, but it's now it's official. There will be an NFL season in twenty twenty. Let's go. All right, and then also, too, uh, it looks like Alex Smith of the Washington football team has been cleared for football activity, so that's very that's that's very good to hear, right? I mean, after that devastating injury he had in um, the, the game against the Texans a couple years back. Yes, Alex Smith, he's coming back. I mean, I can't, can't wait to see him. For saying he had, like he hasn't played in forever, and that was a devastating injury he suffered, so he, he's going to help out Haskins there. He might even win the job. Well, I mean, first and foremost, what a story. I mean that was always that was a a very gruesome I, I mean, oh my god I mean just just picturing right everything he had to go through oh man it just it it was he he went through the uh, I don't know how many surgeries was it 13 surgeries or something like it that it was a lot like 13, uh, it, it, it was just insane and just to see the way his foot his foot looked but for for all that he continued to to have his faith in himself and he continued pushing through. And for them to say that he could play football again, what a story. Even if he doesn't play football again, still, what a story. I mean, to me, hats off, Alex Smith. You've always been a you know a true prof- uh, professional. Uh, I think that you know it's been very difficult, especially I think he was the first quarterback, right, to to get a lot of uh, get a lot of heat for not living up to being the first pick overall in the draft. And uh, I think that he's 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 handled his business throughout the years, uh, and, and he's been a constant profession. Even though with a short stint with the Chiefs and with the Redskins, hey man, I'm just I'm just happy he he can actually walk and he can actually you know enjoy the rest of his life. So good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're glad he you know is going to be able to go back get back in the football field. So, and then also too, it looks like Michael Bennett has retired from the NFL. Oh man, Michael Bennett, man, he was a pretty good player, man. I don't think he, I'm not gonna say Hall of Fame player, but he was a great player for the Legion of Boone, the Seahawks days. He played with the Eagles. He also was with my New England Patriots. He played played pretty well there, and man, he was a sack monster. He he brought it on every play. Bennett's gonna be missed. I think. I mean, I think I, I thought he was gonna play this year. He played with the Cowboys as well, and, and at some point last year. But um, I think he's definitely gonna be missed. And uh, him and him, the Bennett brothers, man, they they got some things with them. They, they they're an interesting duo, man. I'm telling you, they just you gotta follow their path, their life after football. Yeah, uh, I mean, if anything, he's the one who kind of he was he was the blueprint for the Leo position, uh, for the infamous uh, Seattle cover three defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, they are him and his brother are very unique individuals. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess when he when he balanced it out the risk of getting sick and getting his family sick and injury during the season, I think it was too big for him. So sometimes you just got to walk away from it. Our first guest is the former Lansing University running back and current NFL and CFL free agent, Timothy Whitfield. Tim, how are you doing? 
I'm good. How about good. you? Good. Hey, we just want to say thank you for joining the podcast. And, you know, we heard some of your story. And uh, if you can just share that with the audience and kind of tell them who, who Timothy Whitfield is. Okay. And i like to say it again. Appreciate y'all for having me on this show. It means a lot. And, um, well, where it all started is when I was three years old. I played at Lincoln Christian Academy. It's a little small town nearby the city in Oklahoma. Like I said, I was three years old. That's when I started playing. I was a little running back at that time. And, uh, you know, I did pretty well playing up with the third grader. So I was, you know, I did all right. And so pretty much I came up to Meeker. That's where I graduated high school from. I played ball in a little league and middle school and high school on throughout up there. Uh, I have I have all the single game rushing records for Meeker, uh, opposingly. And uh, I, uh, I'm sorry, man, I'm a little nervous on this stuff. I've never done something like this before, but I'm just a, a man. Like I said, I graduated from Meeker. I uh, played up at Langston University. That's where I went to college at. Uh, I'm the all-time leading rusher. Uh, I have the all-time leading rushing record for Langston and all-time scoring uh, record for Langston. Uh, I'm All-American. I was All-American this year. I am two-time All-Conference. And, um, you know, I'm just looking for a chance to get my name out there to play NFL or CFL, XFL. It don't matter. You know, just a young, humble man just trying to achieve his goals and everything. Um, uh, God, honest uh, man, just trying to pay my dues to him. I pay my dues to him, thanking, thanking God every bit of opportunity that I get. And I just, like I said, I'm just a humble man. I just, I just want to get my name out there. Yes, um, that was very, very interesting, Timmy. Um, Timmy, how you doing, this Kendall? I'm good, Kendall. You? I'm very good. Um, I know you're. I see, I see your some of your highlights on YouTube. You're pretty good, pretty explosive running back. And I seen. I watched a lot of your tape, and I, I like what I see so far. Um, who in the NFL right now do you um represent your game at the? Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. That's who I base my game off of. Everybody's saying I even look like Ezekiel Elliott, I was about but to say the same thing <laughs> yeah, you took it right out my mouth, and I and I, something told me that you was about to say that too. You look. You, you look. <laughs> You kind of favor him too. I seen the interview that you had on Instagram with the reporter, and it went great. And the first thing, the first thing that came to my mind was Ezekiel. You look like him, and your play style reminds me of him too. So that 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 is very interesting, man. And another thing I want to ask you, like, I mean, are you are you more of just a a running back halfback, or do, like, can you catch the ball? Can you, you know, are you a versatile running back? Can you line up in the slot outside? Like, if if I'm a team and and or, or I'm an offensive coordinator, can I? Would you feel comfortable? If I move you around all around on offense, you tell me where to go and I'll do it. I'm an all around back. I can catch, I can pass, you know, I can do it all. Yes. So, like I said, if, if it's third down and hey, it's third and five, I need you to get here and I line you up out in the slot. I say, hey man, hey, get, just get me, get me past the marker. You be, you fine with that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, that's great. Appreciate it, Tim. Hey, Tim, mm-hmm. this is Jerry. Uh, hey, Mister Jerry. Hey, man, that's some that's some pretty good. 
a, a pretty good track record, you know, listening to you, to uh, everything you've been able to accomplish. So let me ask you a couple a couple of things. And uh, one of, the first one is like, what are you doing right now to get ready? So if a team does call, or you know, if you're in a position, what what are you doing to get ready to be uh to be ready, right? To make a team. Yes, sir. I'm just I'm training up here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I be uh training on uh OSU's football field, practice mm-hmm. football field. I just be training by myself. And I, like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, that's all my lifting and cardio days, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, those are all my skill training uh days. Um so right now I don't like I don't have a trainer. Uh I, I train myself. I just like I said, I do things by myself. I have help. I had help uh, the past, though, with my uncle and a few others, um, a friend of mine, Tyree. Uh, those are those are my trainers when I go back home, which is in Shawnee, and I train with my uncle down in Lawton, Oklahoma. But right now I'm just training to be ready up here in Stillwater. I just be training by myself, but I know what I'm doing and everything. I know how to get in shape. I know how to I be eating right, keeping myself clean and everything else. So that's what I'm doing to be uh, ready for this moment. That's great to hear. Uh, one more thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a big, you know, there's a big talks, right, when it comes to running backs being paid, uh, especially after their their first initial contract. I mean, what's your what's your take on that? I mean, it, is your goal to play long, long-term at, at, at a quality level and not let the finances get in your way or, or you know, would you say, hey, the running backs are underpaid? Um, to be honest, I come from a humble background. And, you know, I understand some running backs occasionally how they want to be paid, like Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. I understand what they're saying, but from where I come from, it's like you get what you get. And, you know, it, it don't matter to me how much I get paid. I just want to play the sport that I love ever since I was a little kid. You know, I've, I've been playing that sport since I was a little boy. I I just want to keep playing it. It don't matter how long. I mean, it, your body is going to tell you when it's about that time to stop. But I eventually want to play long term. And it doesn't matter how much I get paid. As long as it pays the bills, helps me provide for my family, mm-hmm. helps me. Uh, life after football, then I'm pretty much straight. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Hey, Tim, this is Fidel. So I, I actually have a couple questions for you. So uh, one of them would be, do you have a backup plan just in case football, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't work out? Oh, yes. Uh, I plan on being a trainer, a personal trainer, and a coach because, you know, I want to help young men out that – that they didn't have the help if they don't have the help because I didn't have no help when I was young. So I plan on help coaching kids and help training kids that, you know, are looking for a way to get better. And I just want to give them the help because I didn't have no help when I was little. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, you get, now you're seeing all these, I ain't gonna lie. You're seeing all these young kids now with Instagram, social media, mm-hmm. Uh, training and everything like I didn't have nothing I didn't have none of that when I was young so I just want to help out you know the kids who can't do them things like I just want to help them out it don't matter about the cost because we didn't I didn't have money when I was young so 
if, if a kid over here is struggling and he needs some help, then I would definitely, you know, help him out whatsoever the best I can. So that's my plan on doing after football, just coaching and training. Hey, and then also, too, I wanted to ask, I was just curious, how would you hear about us? How would you hear about East West Football Podcast? Uh, one of my friends uh, told, uh, showed me y'all on Instagram. So they were like, he, he was just telling me, uh, his name is uh, Trev Carson. He was just telling me about, about it and he was just like hey man call these up try to get your story out there man because someone needs to hear your story and you know is it okay if i can go back to my story yeah, a little of course bit? yeah um so like like i said it in high school you know where i come from is like an all-white community and it's like it's kind of racist down there it i mean it's gotten better um, they don't, we don't really have black kids on the team and, you know, some, I'm going, I'm going to be real with y'all. Like some of the coaches didn't really believe in me, like taking our team far because, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing bad about it, but I'm like, if it's in the head that I don't know, we should let him be the star of it because they, from where my high school is they play favoritism and they they want their best player to have the shine. But truthfully knowing that I was like one of the best, I'm not saying I was the best, but you know, I was there for it. So I could have led our team to a championship, but it's just that I wasn't the favorite. So, I mean, like I said, I never won a high school championship. Uh, I won two conference championships, I mean, three conference conference championships in college, which is now like in college, you go, I go to an HBCU. I went to one and that's a big culture shock. So my freshman year there, you know, I was kind of nervous. I ain't gonna lie. I never been around my own culture at my age. Like I, of course I've been around my whole family and they're all black, of course, but my, my, at my age limit, never been around, black kids so it was kind of different and uh, from freshman year I'm gonna be real the coaches that we had at that time it was it was it was pitiful it was cool uh, I really it I didn't like them especially running back coach him and I uh kind of bumped heads we always back talked to each other because from how their point of uh, a view is that hey if this kid Grow, grows up from the hood and you got me come from an all-white community they think I got money which is you know I struggle and everything just like a, a regular black kid in the hood struggles you know I probably didn't our struggles is probably two different struggles but dang I mean I didn't we didn't have much money either now I didn't see family or friends get killed I mean that's the difference right there so this coach will say I'm gonna play this guy that grew up from the hood because I know where, what it's like growing up from the hood. So I'm going to help him out to achieve his goals. Even though they know I'm better than that kid that they want to help out, they're going to help him out regardless because they don't want him going back to the hood and he's going to mess around and end up going to jail or sell drugs or do whatever, something that they have in mind. I don't know what it is. So he didn't start me, even though he knows I was better than these running backs, he didn't start me because I didn't grow up from the hood. And he treated me differently. 
And he just saying, you just, you suck. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not much of a dog like these other guys are. I'm like, and it, it's crazy. Cause all my teammates is like saying like, Tim is like literally a dog. Like, and he's like some of my new friends, they like, they were just saying like, he's a dog. Like he runs over people. He does this, he does that. He's not scared to back down. Like, I mean, the tape is, the tape is proof. And soft left I didn't come back to Langston I went to Oklahoma Baptist University it's a private Christian school uh predominantly white because you know that I'm kind of comfortable I was comfortable there uh I didn't like it there because they was racist uh they didn't really you know they I'm just saying they had black people but it wasn't black people that I was used to they had like (laughs) what you call Uncle Tom's I guess like Carlton off of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I was all cool with them and everything, but it was just, it was just different there from my high school community to Langston community. So it was just different here. And um, like I said, they, they, uh, they didn't play me there at all. My running back coach wanted me to play, but the head coach didn't want me to play because he thought, he thought I was like, what you say, uh, 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 I don't know how to put it in a better way, but I'm just going to be real. Like, he thought I was a hood radish kind of kid. He didn't, because I came from Langston. So he was like, I don't like him because he looked like he has an attitude because I just brought a swag with me when I get on the field and I'm practicing against his guys because his guys were, like, all nice, properly, you know, well-spoken whatsoever. And he, he just didn't like my kind of swag on the field. He just didn't want that on his team. And my running back coach, Brandon Marion, I don't know if some of y'all know him, uh, but he's a he's a really well-known named coach for D1. Uh, he uh, told me that, hey, this coach don't want to play you. I hate to say it, but it's probably just best if you just leave after this season. So I was like, dang, like, that's crazy. So, you know, but my dad told me, he's like, hey, you just need to stay. You need to stay for the spring. Just try to give it – just try to give it a chance. So I did. They stay steady, did the same thing, treated me differently. They didn't want to play me because they just overlooked me. And like I said, they they know that I was better than some of these guys that they were starting. But they gave more money to them, so they didn't want to waste their money if they were going to play me, which is kind of crazy because I just I realized that. And it goes with D1 football, too, a little bit, because I didn't know it was that political that if a guy that is better than you doesn't get to play because he got less money than this guy who is not better than him. But if they got, if they give him more money, they're going to automatically play him, which is crazy. I heard like, I heard that some of my teammates, not teammates, but friends that played at OSU, they say they do the same thing. And so, like I said, I didn't like it. So I transferred, I went back to Langston university and which was sophomore, uh, my red shirt sophomore season. It was 2017. Uh, you know, same old drama. You know, coaches didn't kind of give me a chance at the time. You know, running back coach kind of – he was cool and everything. They have new coaches. Uh, my uncle, Quentin Morgan, he's the head coach at Langston University. And he was telling about telling me about – telling the coaches about me, how I am, who I am. And we had a new offense coordinator. Uh, yeah, he really didn't – he didn't really uh, care for me that much. But 
I'm kind of glad that he was a pl- person that didn't play favoritism, and neither was my running, new running back coach there, uh, Sergio Naff. He gave me a chance uh, on the fifth game. And it was against Lane College in Tennessee. It's a D2 HBCU. And after he gave me that chance, you know, I finally got to show everybody what I can do because all the running backs before me wasn't producing well as a running back. Not much respect to them because they're all my friends and I'm not going to talk trash on them. But I'm going to be real. They just wasn't producing what the coaches needed. So, like I said, he gave me a chance in the fifth game, which was – the hardest game of the season. And I just took control and I led our team to victory. And then after that, my name got out there on Langston campus and I started having more connections and everything, you know, coach, some coaches from leagues came to look at me, you know, just a few. And um, after that, my career just took off from there. And like I said, 2018, I broke the the first game. I had five touchdowns, 161 yards. Uh, it was a single game record for scoring touchdowns and yards per carry. Uh, I kind of got hurt in the third game with an ankle sprain. So I missed out the whole uh, season of that one. And then so senior year, <clears throat> I trained with my uncle, Wade Wallace. I trained with him. Uh, thank God for him because he pushed me to a whole nother level. And um, as y'all saw from the tape of my senior year, the tape don't lie. Uh, I was just a whole new man, and that's and I broke all the records. I broke leading rushing record. I broke the scoring record. I broke the yards per carry record. Uh, got all American. Got over a thousand yards, and I got twenty touchdowns. I mean, like I said, I'm just a humble man that's just looking to uh, achieve his goal to get into the NFL and make his mama proud. And that's the story of that my college life right there. Well, man, uh, I mean, that's a lot, right? I mean, for you to endure, right, going through all this adversity. Um, Hey, just want to ask you one more question. So what would you tell or what would you want a GM, scout, or, you know, NFL owner, CFL owner um, about yourself that maybe they don't know that they should? Uh, they're looking for, I mean, they're going to get a humble player who's willing to do anything to get on that field. Rather if it's playing special teams, rather if it's playing, uh, you know, slot, I, I don't care. It's just, I just want to get on the field and just help the team win. Cause I'm a, I'm a teammate. I'm a team guy. I care about the team. Uh, you're looking at a guy who doesn't get into, tr- he doesn't get into no trouble, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink. And what wouldn't make a bad name for for the team, you know? I'm just I'm just a happy, lovable guy that that everybody wants to be around with, and who can say that hey, he's a good friend, and oh, he's a good player to coach. Uh, he's just he's just a well being guy. All right. Well, Tim, you know, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Where can our, our audience follow you on social media? Uh, Instagram is twit, T-W-H-I-T underscore 44. Um, I'm not really a, a big fan of Twitter. I really don't have a Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually do kind of have one. It's kind of, 
it's kind of weird, but I, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't get on it. So Snapchat is just, I, I don't want y'all to make fun of me. It was my high school name, but it's King Kong 4413. So that's my social media path right there. And Facebook is just Timothy Whitfield. Just look me up right there. All right. Well, Tim, best of luck to you. We'll be, you know, we hope you get the opportunity that you deserve and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Starting today, we will be unveiling the East West Football Podcast preseason rankings. So today we'll do numbers 32 through 20th. Starting off with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in at 32nd. Yes, man. Um, I think with with Jeff with Jaguars and Garner Minshew, we don't know what he is right now. Now they got a couple weapons weapons there. They got um DJ Chart. They got um they, they got they got a couple more. They got Fournette. We don't know if he's still going to be there. But um you know they got rid of Nick Foles this offseason. I me personally, I like Garner Minshew, but I don't a lot as a long term answer. I don't think he's, he's going to be their guy there. So I think that's definitely a great spot for them. Yeah, I mean when you look at the big picture, right? I think that when we're talking about this in our little you know pre our little prep prep meeting uh i told i said i rec i said that he reminds me a lot of uh ryan fitzpatrick you know he he has his moments when he gets hot and he's on a hot streak and then he gets cold right so that 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 is the only reason why with the whole jacksonville situation but i'll tell you this you know if if this happens you know you could you can expect a shake up at the at the uh head coaching position and the general manager. And personally, I would love to be a general manager taking over the Jacksonville Jaguars. That team is set up for success for the future because if you look at the big picture, they got two, well, they got actually three pass rushers now, right? One of them doesn't want to be there. Uh, you got uh, offensive line from last year, Jawan Taylor, who was expected to be a top 15 pick, felt him in the second round. Like, you, like, um, Kendall mentioned DJ Chark, and they also drafted CJ Henderson, the top the top rated corner. So this team is ready to be built, but they do need that quarterback, a solid playing quarterback, to get them over the hump and help them to just push and and make their push into you know a uh, a possible you know playoff berth. Yes, and then coming in at number thirty one. The Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Now, this team has a lot of issues as well. I mean, one of them being the quarterback position, right? Is Dwayne Haskins going to be the answer? Uh, reports that come out yesterday that Alex Smith has been cleared for football activity. So uh, maybe we, we might see him in the fold, right? You're right. <laughs> well, I will say this. Washington, I mean, I think that they they did – Great acquisitions with their with their actual coaching staff. Uh, the there's still a little bit of uncertainty. I I, I don't want to c- completely count them out because they do got some good pieces in place, but it's going to be a little bit of a transition, especially with what that organization is going through. That's a big distraction, especially for any team. I don't know if Haskins is the actual answer though. Yeah, and then also, too, uh, Darius Geis, I mean, he's going to be able to stay healthy. I was a big fan of his coming out of uh, LSU, LSU. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. He's yeah. a good bet. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, man. I really I really liked him as well coming out of LSU. 
It just saying he's always having knee issues or ankle issues or foot issues. You know, Asia Peace, he's still there. He's up in age. If he if he can stay healthy, I mean, I think there's a guy. He, he he's gonna be a great addition to the Redskins to that Redskins offense if he can stay healthy and play a full season. But we just haven't seen a lot from him. All right, coming in at number thirtieth, the New York Jets. I mean, where where do we start with the Jets? Right, uh, we have. Their, their best defensive football player that does not want to be there, right? He he wanted it and he wanted it out because of a contract situation. Uh, Adam Gase. It seems like a lot of players don't want to you know play for him, and you know they have multiple issues as well. Oof, man! With the Jets, like um, what? What? It's nothing new. It's the New York Jets. They've always had problems. It's, I thought they got the quarterback situation situated with um with 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 the quarterback um Aaron, uh, Sam Donald. I can't, couldn't get out for a second, but I mean, we have to see how everything goes. He got sick last year and missed half the season. Jamal Adams wants out, so I mean, that's gonna be another interesting situation to look at. I mean, the Jets they got they got a lot of problems. They had a solid draft, not the best draft. I thought they could have did better in a few areas, but you know, we'll see. I think they're that's, that's definitely a great spot for them. When you when you look at it, also with them, I mean, the organization is kind of. We, I mean, there's some reports out there about the organ, like the the actual people that own the team, right? That's going to be a distraction on top of the distraction that they have with uh, Jamal Adams and 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 the rift that he has between Adam Gase. I mean, uh, uh, there's a there's an obvious culture, you know, the the culture there is not the right culture for the Jets. I think that they need to go back to their identity, uh, you know, find what their identity is, and go back to that identity. So I could see, I could see why we have the Jets ranked here. All right, twenty nine. The Cincinnati Bengals. So we all know they drafted, you know, Joe Burrow out of LSU first overall in the draft. Uh, but this is a team that doesn't have much for him to work with, right? As far as you know, he does have some wide receivers, but AJ Green's getting a little bit older. He's coming off an injury, uh, and he's got pretty much a rookie head coach, right? I mean, last year was his first year coaching or being a head coach. Yes, with the Bengals, they have a lot of questions to answer. I mean, who's going to protect? Are, are they going to be able to protect Burrow in his first year? Are the receivers going to live up to the hype? Because they got up, they got it. I think they have a top fifteen wide receiver group with T. Higgins, and if Green can stay healthy, they still got John Ross, and I mean, they they got they got some pieces there. So I definitely think they can do something there. But I think, I mean, in the first year, I don't I don't expect too much from the Bengals. So I think that's that's another great spot for that for that team to be ranked there. And it, it's so tough, right? Because they they came out. With you know Joe Burrow and and T Higgins, right? So, you know the, you you want to have some kind of hope for them. Uh, it's just it's just unfortunate, you know. They still got offensive line need to be able to help not only Burrow but also mix and get get back into you know run, uh, rushing, being a, a a true rushing threat. So uh, yeah, I think the Bengals still need a, a little bit of work, but it's good that they have their their future quarterback. Let's just hope that he can stay healthy and learn from this year, this season and get better each each week. And then also, I mean, let's just think about some of the defenses that are in the AFC South, right? Or AFC North, I'm sorry. I yes. mean, Baltimore, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. You know, Miles Garrett, he just got a brand-new contract. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean, we'll see, you know, how Joe Burrow does in his first season, but. Uh, I felt like they should have got him a lot more help than what he did. All right. Coming in at number 28, the New York Giants. So we all know they have a new head coach and Joe Judge. They have a new offensive coordinator and Jason Garrett, you know, the former 
Dallas Cowboys head coach. Uh, Daniel Jones going into his second year. Um, there's still a lot of question marks. It's, it's a younger team. Well, I mean, you got to look at it. I, and the one thing that doesn't look too good for them is that who's going to be calling the plays, right? And and then we don't we still don't know who Daniel Jones is because well I mean we kind of know who he is but it's real hard to put a finger on it. But Daniel Jones, I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he will stand in the pocket and he'll take the he'll take the hits. But sometimes when you look at it, it's like if he doesn't have awareness in the pocket and and just he I mean when he gets hit he turns the the ball over, and then you know that that offensive uh, that offensive scheme that Jason Garrett ran. It was so predictable. They were able to stop it. So if he brings that same offensive scheme to the to the Giants, uh, it's not going to look good for the Giants because they're not they they they're not they're not done. They I mean they got a lot of pieces that they need to fill on their offensive and defensive uh, defensive sides. Yeah, and they still have Saquon Barkley, right? Uh, which is the one bright spot in that offense. Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> me personally, I think with the Giants, you know, you got Barkley there. You got you got Denny Dimes there, Daniel Jones there. So they had, I think they had a pretty good draft. I like they got Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, but I think right there at twenty eight, that's great for them. And I think this is a this is finally for the year for the Giants to really do something in the division. I mean, you don't know what you can get from the Eagles. They had a good draft. The Cowboys they had a, a pretty solid draft. The Redskins or the Washington team, we don't know what to expect for them. So Giants might just sneak in there and do something this year and make it make, and take a stance this year. So we'll see what happens there. All right, coming in at number twenty seven. The Miami Dolphins. So we all know that last year towards the end of the season, uh, they came out strong, right? They ended up being the Patriots week 17 and uh, knocked them out of that number one seed that they were in. Uh, they drafted Tua Tungabailoa, quarterback out of Alabama. So it seems like perhaps they have their franchise quarterback answer there in Miami after so long. Oof, yeah, man. Hey, we're going to have to see. We don't even know Tua's going to start this year. So they still got Fitzpatrick. They got some weapons there. They got, you know, you got Devontae Parker. You got a couple more other guys there. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. I think the Dolphins, the first, I think they're a couple of years away. They're still like two or three years away. And then they're in the AFCs with the Bills and the Patriots. And you don't know what to expect from the Jets. So we'll see how the Dolphins do this year. And then key acquisition in free agency was Byron Jones. Top rated cornerback uh, in free agency. Yeah. When you look at the Dolphins, you know, overall, they did they did a lot of moves. I mean, the, Byron Jones was the, the the main headliner, but you know, without without the preseason and the OTAs, yeah, I understand. Okay, yeah, training camp, but without all that other stuff, the OTAs and all that, the preseason, it you know they got to mesh, they got to they got to gel together. So it's gonna take them some time to be able to make some noise and and put up some. I'm pretty sure they'll be able to do. They'll be able to do. You know, build off of last season. But I don't think it's enough to 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 solidify and to say, hey, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be the team that takes over the AFC East. Right. So they still need time to gel. Maybe towards the end of the season, they'll start gelling and it'll it'll blow this whole <laughs> it'll blow up this whole ranking that we have in place. Coming in at number 26, the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, Lions. They have a lot of issues, but they do have, you know, Matthew Stafford in place. But, I mean, number one, number one question is, can they stay healthy throughout the season? And we all know that Matt Patricia, he, he's, on a, he's on the time, right? He's on the clock. So they have to make something happen this year. 
I think it's a big year for the Detroit Lions. I think they got to make the playoffs this year. You got Stafford. You drafted Jeff Okuda from, from um, Ohio, the University of Ohio State. I mean, come on, Matt Patricia, you're on the hot seat. You have to do something this year. So I think, I mean, and it, it, I, we've been seeing this. This is the last year. This is like this is the last year. We've been seeing it for the past few years, and it's just haven't hasn't happened yet. I think with the division, you got Green Bay. Don't know what to expect from Rodgers and what's going to happen there with that quarterback drama. Um, you got the Vikings. I think they're probably going to win the division. I've said that previously. The Bears, they got a quarterback going on there. So I think Detroit, if you're going to do something this year here, it's going to be the year for you to do it. So, hey, if it's just a situation to keep out on, we'll see what happens there. The the Lions have always been a fun team because they're one of the grittiest teams, and they usually pull out wins. Like, I, I mean, they're doing magic magic tricks with their wins that they pull out. So when you, I mean, when you look at it, this is a tough spot for us, especially putting putting them there. Um, I think a lot of it goes with the uncertainty: can Matt Stafford stay healthy? Right? Because we notice that when he can stay healthy, they really can't put up a good fight. I mean, yeah, they did have some good wins last year without him, but. It's just not the same. You know, Stafford has a little bit of that magic to him. And, man, he has all the key the key pieces with Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones. You got – and then they got him, uh, another running back, right, Swift, which is yep. – uh, I'm pretty sure the, the entire fan base is excited. I know Kendall's really big on, on that corner. Um, Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda. And then they also have uh, – they brought in the Falcons, the Falcons corner, right, uh, Trufant. So – you know, you, 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 as Alliance fans, you, you, you always stay optimistic, right? Like, uh, they'll be able to do good, but man, they're just something, they're just something missing with Alliance. I would have to say it kind of goes back to the whole culture thing. I don't think that the entire organization is bought in to that Patriot style of culture. Uh, maybe, maybe because they don't, they don't see Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia. I don't know what does, these are just speculations, but. I mean, we can't we can't count them out, and we can't count them in, right? So that's why they're there. That's why they're here in the rankings. Yeah, they got a lot of talent on the team, man. And um, I'm a huge Matthew Stafford fan, so hopefully, they can stay healthy throughout the season. For sure. All right. So coming in number twenty five, the Carolina Panthers. So new head coach and Matt Rule, new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They still have Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the NFL. Um, but again, a lot of question marks still, right? I mean, um, you know, on offense and defense. Oh, no Cam Newton, no Keekley this year. I mean, you, you, we can go on and on. They've, they've lost a lot this offseason. It's it's obviously a, a team that's in transition. I mean, we're gonna see what Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's long. He's a long term guy. He's a, he's a bridge for the next few years. That signed him to a pretty decent contract. But we'll see what the Panthers do this year. Um, right there, twenty five. I think that is a perfect spot for him. I think. They're not a terrible team because there's definitely some bad, some worse teams, but they're nowhere near a good team, and they're not a playoff team. And look at the division they're in with the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Saints. The Panthers are not doing it this year, and I think 25 is a great spot for them. Yeah, uh, it's a new it's a new coach, right? It's, it's just complete – I mean, a complete overhaul, right? New new quarterback, new coach, new systems. Um, it, It's kind of hard to predict. I mean, you want, you want to say, like, man – Maybe they'll be able to put up some good, you know, some good wins this season, but it's still kind of hard, still early to predict that. But we couldn't, we with the moves they made in the off season, the way they rebuilt this team, we couldn't, we couldn't put them any lower than that. Coming in at twenty four, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, no more Philip Rivers, 
He's uh, the starting quarterback for the uh, Indianapolis Colts now. Uh, they drafted Justin Herbert in the first round, uh, but it seems like he might be sitting for a little bit as Tyrod, uh, Tyrod Taylor has been there a little bit longer and he knows the, the offense. Uh, we still have some questions at running back, right? Uh, Melvin Gordon's gone now to the Broncos. So now it's Austin Eckler's position, right? Um, and they, they just have a lot of question marks. Yes, they have a young and, you know, good defense with Bosa and, you know, on that defensive line, but still with some question marks for that team. The Chargers are one of those teams where every year you look at it and they, they got a top ten roster across the board, defense, offense. They got talent all over the place. They, I mean, they come in every year with these, these expectations, but for some reason they just can never do it and live up to it, whether it's injuries or late season collapses, they just can't live up to it. Um, in, a, in a couple of previous shows, I said that Anthony Lane's going to win Coach of the Year, and I thought that Justin Herbert was going to lead him to the playoffs. So at, at, at the position they're in right now, we just have to see what happens there. But I definitely, um, I definitely like the spot that the Chargers are ranked at. Me too. I mean, the Chargers, though, the, the biggest, their biggest, um, aside from the, I mean, the defense of their defense is, I mean, they're really building that defense the right way. But when you look at the offensive line, ah, oh, man, that's the one scary part right there is the offensive line. You need that offensive line to protect, number one, protect your quarterback, and number two, protect and make way for your running backs, right? And, and I think that they're going to struggle. Uh, Tyrod was one of those quarterbacks that, man, he when he got hot, he got hot, but when he got cold, he got cold. I don't think they're, they're ready to turn the, the, the keys over to uh, Herbert. So uh, I think Chargers are still they're, – they're, they're going to be stuck there just maybe for a, a season for sure. Coming in at number 23, the Chicago Bears. So we all know that they have a great defense, right, starting with Khalil Mack. But now the unknown, right, is going to be that quarterback position. So Mitch Trubisky is still there but they actually ended up trading for Nick Foles for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So seems like it's going to be in competition. Yes, with the Bears. I think it's going to be a – I don't think it's going to be a good season for the Bears. I think the quarterback will be on the hot – I know I know the quarterback's in the hot seat. Head coach Nagy, he, he's also he's going to be on the hot seat. Nick Foles, you know, we know what he is. We know what, he, what he's been. Yes, he won the Super Bowl for the Eagles, but he's been an injury-prone quarterback for the most part of his career. So, I mean – I think that's what the position we got to make. That's the best spot for them because the Bears, they're an inconsistent team, and we just don't know what to expect from them. And then the division they're in with the Vikings and Packers, once again, I, I just I don't see them getting out of that. The Bears need help, you know, on the offensive line and with their with their wide receiver. So I think that I think when you, when you put that together with, okay, how are they going to play the whole quarterback situation? I know we're all banking on Nick Foles being the starter, but when you put all that into equation – the Bears are gonna they're gonna have a hard time. Even though their defense is good, they're gonna have a hard time as far as you know finding finding their you know where they fit in in the division and seeing if they can actually make it into the playoffs. So I think this is a good spot for them as well. All right, coming at number twenty two, the Cleveland Browns. So new head coach and Kevin Stefanski, uh, Baker Mayfield's back for another year in that offense. Uh, they did, you know, address a little bit of their positions, right? So they uh, they signed uh, Austin Hooper, the former uh, Falcons tight end. Um, they still have Kareem Hunt. I mean, people forget Kareem Hunt's still there, right? You know, yeah. behind Nick Chubb. They have a strong running game. And, of course, Aldell Beckham and uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, well, I think if you want to do offseason awards, I think you definitely can give that award to the Browns because they definitely won that. They did a lot this offseason. Signing some, signing some unknown fridge. They um gave Mouse Garrett a contract. They had a pretty good draft, I thought. 
So you know, we, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do. Can they act? Can they? Can they finally put the talent and transition it to the field? Can they put? Can they put? Can they put the results on the field and live up to the expectations? I think they're gonna be a playoff team this year. But right here at twenty-two, that's a great spot for them because it's a lot of unknowns with the Browns. And a lot of the unknowns, I think I, you know, I believe is with the actual transition to the new coaching staff because they 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 have talent all. I mean. You look at the you look at that team head to toe. They're they're just full of talent. I mean, they got they got uh, they got a, a, a nice. Pro, they got two actually promising cor- corners. Uh, Miles Garrett is a stud. You know, uh, you got Odell Beckham Jr. They solidified the uh, offensive tackle, which is their biggest need in the offseason. They did it on both sides, right? So when you look at it, it's just the transition to the new coaching the new coaching staff, right? Coming in at number 21, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is a team that, you know, I guess the biggest offseason acquisition they made in free agency was signing Todd Gurley. Uh, but, the, you know, number one question is, is Todd Gurley, is he going to stay healthy? Or is he healthy, right, with that knee injury? Oh, the thing with the Falcons, they got all – I mean, if you want to give them a award about as many first rounds you can sign in the offseason, you can give that to the Falcons <laughs> because they got Laquan Trailwell. They signed Todd Gurley. They still got really. They got Julio. They got a couple, a, a few. I could go on. And they did a lot. Hayden Hurst they signed. They traded for him for Baltimore. So they they made a lot of additions this year. But if they can get the most out of all these players, the Falcons could be a, a playoff team, and they might could be even a Super Bowl team. They got the talent. They're basically the Chargers from the AFC. That's basically what they are. They they are a replica of the Chargers from the AFC. I say this every year. That that's my that's my comp to them. So we'll see what the Chargers, what, what the Falcons can do this year. And once again, they're in a tough division with Tampa and the Saints, so uh, it's, hey, it's going to be a dogfight. This is and this is where it's getting real good. I mean, a lot. I mean, this is where it's getting real heated up uh, between us, th- us three, right? When we're talking about these rankings, uh, it was just like ah, like. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, the Fal- the Falcons, they have all the talent in the world, you know, they do. But either it's the offensive coordinator. Or Matt Ryan, one of the two, and that and that's 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 what's going to keep them from getting to the playoffs. That's why we're the rank, we're the ranked with us right here. Yeah, man, Matt Ryan's going to have to have a big year for them, and he's got weapons, man. Julio Jones still there. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a great year last year. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Uh, so we're just going to have to see what the Falcons do. And coming in at number 20th, the Denver Broncos. Now, this is where we have the biggest debate, but we're not going to give the team that's ranked 19th right now. Uh, but but this is this is the team that we were kind of deciding, like, where should we put them? Should rank them higher or lower? Now, guys, how we discuss, I mean, we, we still don't know what Drew Locke is. Yes, we don't know what Drew Locke is, but for what I've seen and what a lot of people are saying, they think he's a real deal, but – we got them here. At, we got we got the Broncos right here at twenty. I think me personally, I think they're gonna have a pretty good season. They got um Jerry Judy. They got KJ Hamler. They got still got Cortland Sutton. They got some pieces there. Um Von Miller, he's getting their age. You know they still they still got they still got the other defensive end from NC State. So I think I mean they're they're gonna have a pretty good year this year. But I, I mean we just the biggest the biggest unknown is Drew Lock. And then with the current situation that the league is in and the world's in, that's gonna put a lot more pressure on them. So you know we'll see. Um John Elway John Elway thinks he has this guy. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Broncos this year. I will not deny the Broncos look very promising, especially for the future. It's very hard to put them right at the top, you know, saying that they're going to be in the playoffs because they had they drafted Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler. It's kind of hard for me to say that. Uh, 
yes, Drew Locke, he shows a lot of grit. He shows fearlessness, and he's a true, you know, gunslinger, right? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna let that ball he's gonna let that ball rip. So when you look at the big picture, I think that this is a great team, especially for the future. It's just it's just it's very hard to put them saying that they're gonna be a uh, you know a, a potential playoff team for sure. It, it, I, you just can't stab them, and that's why that they're there right now. Yeah, and they're just a young team as well, right? I mean. We saw what they did with the draft, drafting the receivers. So uh, they did sign Melvin Gordon from the Chargers. So uh, we're just going to see how the Denver Broncos play out the season. Uh, next week, we will be going through teams ranked 19th through 10th. So stay tuned for that for next week for the East-West Football Podcast preseason rankings. Our next guest is a former XFL linebacker from the LA Wildcats, Jeremiah Spicer. How you doing, Jeremiah? Jeremiah, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me, man. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice Thank to you. have you. Yes, sir. Hey, Jeremiah, if you would uh, like to introduce yourself to the audience, just tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, um, you know, I came from the bottom, you know, um, Still rising right now. Um, you know, I, I used to live downtown Los Angeles, Skid Row. My mom, you know, homeless. You know, ended up getting taken away from my mother, you know, uh, two and a half, three years old, you know. Um, ended up getting put in child protective services and um, ended up getting placed with my grandmother. And they ended up getting took from my grandmother. They ended up getting put in foster homes, group homes. And, you know, through that process, uh, my grandma uh, ended up dying, you know, and, um, my mom ended up dying. You know, um, I ended up going to uh, ten high schools. Uh, uh, I mean, eight high schools, two colleges, and um, you know, and I ended up going to ten different states uh, playing arena football. You know, um, end up uh, after that, end up getting first team all league from there. End up uh, playing, uh, end up getting a workout with the Cleveland Browns, and then. Um, after that, I ended up getting a workout with the L.A. Chargers. And then uh, after that, I ended up getting uh, drafted to the XFL. You know, so it's just been a long journey, you know. Very, very understanding. Um, Jeremiah, how you doing? It's Kendall. What's up, man? How's it going? Going great, going great. Um, One thing I want to ask you is, like I said, if, if from an NFL standpoint, why should an NFL team give you an opportunity and why you think you're going to be right for the opportunity? Because um, I'm the diamond in the rough that everybody's looking for. You know, I'm the dude that ain't gonna ever quit on nobody. You know, I play all four quarters. I'm very versatile. Um, I play D line and linebacker. I play outside linebacker and middle linebacker. And I can dominate in all positions, even kickoff. You know, so um, I'm a very valuable player. Um, I'm very coachable. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a ball hawk. I'm always to the ball, no matter what. No matter if it's 60 yards behind me, you know, or wherever it's at, I'm going to get the ball in the one or wherever, wherever I get them at, you know, I'm going to never stop running. I never stop giving, you know, I never give up, you know, I just keep going, you know, so that's what I bring to the table. You know, my, I think my energy is contagious to other players too, you know, so it pretty much hypes other players of us, you know, next to me, you know. 
Yes, understand that. And another thing I want to ask you is, I know during our pre-meeting, you said, you know, you bring a lot of energy, you bring a lot of passion, you're very yeah. aggressive. And sometimes, yes, and sometimes maybe it might have rubbed coaches the wrong way or whatnot. Sometimes, like, maybe you're, 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 you bring a little bit too much aggressiveness. I mean, I know in football it's an aggressive sport, but do you feel sometimes, like, maybe, you know, maybe you kind of misunderstood in a way. Maybe you just, you, maybe they think you're too aggressive, but you feel like you, you feel you're, you're just aggressive, like, just fine. Yeah, I feel like I'll be just fine. I just feel like I'll be playing football. You know, I, I watch, like, all these coaches, I watch them play football. You know, I, I grew up watching them. You know, and um, studied a lot of their film, you know, and that's, you know, that along with everything I've been through in my life, it kind of turned me into who I am, you know, so I I play lights out football. That's what I play, you know, so I'm always to the ball. I'm not a dirty player. Nobody can ever say I'm a dirty player, you know. I always, you know, I play to the whistle, you know. And, um, I just, I, I don't know. I just play football. That's, you know. I right. just play to the whistle. That's I mean, it. Yes, understand. And you know, listening, listening to you and watching your highlights and whatnot, and then listening to you in pre-meeting, your, your energy and the way you play on the field kind of reminds me of Bart Scott. He used to play for the Ravens and the Jets, number fifty-seven. I, I was a big Bart Scott fan. He he sounds just like you about the game. He he was passionate, aggressive, and I can I can very I can very much see that in you. Yeah. And I think I mean, like I said, sometimes maybe you might rub coaches the wrong way, but I think I mean I think. Just continue doing what you're doing because you read at the end of the day, you rather be too aggressive than not aggressive, not as aggressive or not. not. Not as aggressive enough. Let me get that right. But um, just keep on doing good. And I think you definitely find your way on the team soon, man. I appreciate Thank it. you, man. Hey, Jeremiah. This is Jerry. How's it going, man? <clears throat> good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Just got off the field with the kids, man. Just training, man. Just training with them, too, you know. So it's pretty hot out there. So, you know. Just getting back in, man. It ain't ate nothing all day, so you know. Yeah, well, that's good, man. I mean, especially if you have something, you know, helping out the youth, right? And 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 let's talk about that real quick. So, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I think that you're a little bit modest because I mean, we heard your, you, we heard your, you know, you get you get you're very explanatory with your rough, you know, upbringing, which is good that you've redefined who you are, right, as a man. And uh, you know, as a football player, but what can can I ask you this? What was it? At what age did you know football was your calling? Um, I just knew when I first seen football. Ex- explain, explain it to us. Like, how old were you? Uh, and, I was a, uh, what, what, I, what what caught what caught your attention to it, or who was it? Right. Um. Well, I had an uncle that played football, too. He played at Westchester High School. I used to always hear stories about him. I used to hit people and make them spit up blood and stuff. <laughs> okay. And yeah. uh, and did you see – so is was that local, or were, did you did you grow the love, like, watching it also on TV? Well, at that time, I wasn't really – I didn't have, like, all that stuff. Cause I couldn't even watch it like that and do all that. So I was really pretty much, like, running the streets and stuff and – I was with my grandma at the time, and my social worker helped me uh, help my grandma pay for my uh, um, my football, my pop owner, uh, you know, my cost for pop owner and everything. So I ended up, I was swimming before that, honestly. I was a swimmer before that, you know, and, um, and uh, you know, I ended up playing football, and I just stuck with football. But I played every sport, though, you know, along the way. I ended up playing every sport. I ran track, I played basketball, I wrestled, you know, so 
I, I was pretty versatile. That's awesome. And and, and real quick, uh, so is that something that you you foresee yourself after football's done and you decide to hang up the cleats? Do you do you see yourself uh, with you know helping out community and uh, what at what at what capacity though? That's that's mandatory. You know, I'll help out at the capacity I can help out at. <laughs> I can I do what I can do. That's what I do, you know, so you know, that's pretty much what I can give. I give what I can give, you know. Do you have a a, a unique like football camp for them or something like that? Oh yeah, man. Uh you know, I got my own camp, it's called Spice It Up Mechanics, you know. Um I do personal training right now, but uh you know, uh but I have an annual camp every year, but I didn't get to have it this year because of the um coronavirus. COVID. Yeah, so that, that I couldn't have I couldn't have all the kids together like that. So Yeah. Well thank you so much, Jeremiah, for, for your time with me. Uh appreciate appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Hey Jeremiah, this is Fidel and I just I have a question for you. Yes, sir. What's up? So to any GM, uh scout, uh, or owner of, you know, either NFL team or CFL team, what would you want them to know about you? Man, I'm the best guy off the radar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real, man. I'm the, I'm the most slept on guy, man, ever, man. Like I swear, man. Even like when I went to my when I went to the XFL, man. Like I was like, I got labeled the most aggressive dude that got drafted because I was like really came in like, you know, I've always been hungry. I always feel like I'm an underdog. I always feel like I'm slept on. So if I gotta get, I gotta take what I, you know, what I want. You know, and I got to show that I can play with these dudes. So that's what I do. You know, yep. and, I, and I don't be trying to belittle nobody by doing that either. But that is, like, if they belittle themselves, that's like, I don't feel like that's on me. You know, by them not working hard or trying to go 100 miles per hour every every rep or every play. Because that's what I do. That's why I came out of junior college. Like, at Riverside City College, that's what Coach Kraft taught us. Like, you know, you know. So, how, uh, yeah, no, that's great. And hey, just real quick, how was your uh, experience in the XFL? Man, my experience was man, it was lit, man. It was I got I got coached by NFL, real NFL coaches, real NFL legends. I got to see them up close, personal, and, and you know I got a lot of props from um, NFL coaches, and I know I could be just like Coach Pepper Johnson said. Like if I get if I get an opportunity on any team, I'm not gonna lose my spot. Like if they give me a legitimate opportunity, no no politics or nothing. Like just let me play, and you know, I guarantee you, I'm not gonna lose my spot. I'm gonna be the starting linebacker. That's how it always happens. That's how that's how having a Cape Fear, you know. I came in, boom. I had two interceptions in my first week there. Two interceptions to the crib, boom. The veteran came. I, I had to sit down, you know. After I had them two picks, I had to sit down, boom. I didn't say nothing. I was thinking in my head, like, dang, you know. I I had my little thoughts in my head, like, you know, but I didn't say nothing to nobody. I just went and go sit down, you know. Took a knee, boom. Every time I went in, I made sure I was balling, though. Like, I, I made sure I was doing something, you know. I was getting to the ball, like, you know, and um. And uh, you know, by week one, I end up starting. I end up starting the whole season. End, mm -hmm. end up leading the whole league in tackles. Got first team all league. You know, that's what I mean by legitimate opportunity, no politics. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was a little bit. It was it was a little bit of politics. Like, let me sit down, but it, but I respect that because he a veteran. He be playing. You know what I mean? So I don't really, you know. But you know, I just hope yeah. somebody. I just hope somebody see my, you know, see my my talent and uh, what I bring to the table. You know. Just watch my film. You can see what I can do. I bring the I bring the energy all four quarters. It's not just like one quarter or, or one play. Like I'm trying to make I'm trying to get to the ball more than anybody on the, on defense. That's what I, you know. That's that's my that's my thought pattern. 
You got that. You got that Jalen Ramsey swagger. I, I hear it in you. Yep, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Talk, I'm yeah, not. I'm got, not. I'm got, not a cocky player though. Like when I'm on the field, I don't talk. Like I, I uh-huh. come through. Like you know, you let your play do the talking for you. Yeah, yeah no, but I'll sure. turn. I'll turn up though. I'll turn up, but I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna turn up. I'm, the perfect. I'm just gonna go crazy. I got for you. The perfect comparison I got for you. I mean, it's a different position, but you kind of. You kind of look like, and you kind of remind me of Derwin James from the Chargers. <laughs> you kind of, you, I, that's the, yeah, cause the way he flies around that field, and when he came out of college, he, he, he was just like you. Yeah, yes, man. Der, Derwin, I, I see Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey in you. Man, yeah, that's what I said. I got man, my everything I've been through, man, made me. That's why. That's why I feel like I'm pretty much unstoppable. Like I'm, I'm, I'm unstoppable. You can't block me for four quarters. You can't block me for. Uh, Lyman's gonna get their blocks in here and there. Like, that's on anybody. But I'm gonna win the battle, the most of the game, majority of the game. I'm winning that battle, and I'm gonna, and I, I'm coming out on top. That's how I feel, and that's how I always. Feel. I love that. I love that attitude. You know, hey, I used to wrestle yeah. too, so I, I always like, you know, and I grew up in the hood too, so you know, if you didn't, if you didn't stick up for yourself or something like that, man, then you ain't, you know, like you gonna get, you gonna be like a like a lion in a gazelle, you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I say, that's. that's, that's, that's I say you gotta come at your situations, man. That's how you gotta come at life, man. When life you get to doing all this crazy stuff to you, that's how you gotta, you know. I, I treat football and life the same way. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jeremiah. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And where can our uh, audience, you know, see your highlights and follow you on social media? Uh, Struck the World Thirty Three Instagram. That's S T R U C K the World. T H E World. You know, thirty three. Um, uh, my Twitter is uh Kingstruck twenty four. Uh, K I N G S T R U C K twenty four. You know, so you can reach me there up on um, places right there. All right, Jeremiah. So again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, best of luck to you. And we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be praying for you, and uh, hopefully, you get your your opportunity that you deserve. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. As we all know, the NFL season is quickly approaching, and there's many storylines that are going to be in this season. But one storyline that people might forget are coaches on the hot seat, and there are multiple coaches out there. Kendall, who's your coach on the hot seat this year? Oh, I'm going with Matt Patricia from Detroit Lions, man. I think, man, since, ever since, since his first year there with the Lions, he really hasn't done much, man. He's kind of rubbed some of his players the wrong way. I mean, I've known numerous players that, I mean, Darius Slade just came out this past offseason and he, he talked to Matt about, about about Patricia and the way he runs the organization. And, like, I mean, we're not, I'm not going to go deep into what he, what he came on. What he, he didn't come on our podcast, but he came on another show. He said some things, but I'm not going to go deep into that. But, I mean, he's not the only player from Detroit, man. Like, it's something about these former Patriots coaches. When they leave their organization, the Patriots organization, the Patriots organization, they don't they don't do as well. And Matt Patricia, he's on the hot seat there. And I think he's better off as a defensive coordinator for a team. Not as a not as an overseer of the whole whole organization, like a like a like a head coach. I don't think he's great. He's he's right for that. I think he's better, he's more of a coordinator, a position coach. I think it's I think it's where he can do, he does more of his more of his final work. But I think, man, he's definitely on the hot seat. And if Detroit does not make the playoffs this year, I'm not talking about going nine and seven or seven and nine. They have to make the playoffs this year. If they don't make the make the playoffs this year, Matt Patricia would be done in Detroit. His day, he's definitely on the hot seat this year. Uh, uh, that's a real good one, Kendall. 
um when i when i look at the big picture and you know i've i've studied a, you know some good books man and i recommend them to people um you know i think one notable one it was by uh, um lombardi right michael lombardi um he mm -hmm. he he wrote a book called the uh, gridiron genius and and it's insane because it teaches you culture and and the one the one you know team in the entire nfl that just pushes culture is the new england patriots now we're not going to go deep into the patriots but it's kind of cool because he kind of reminisces back on the 49ers right with the the days with bill walsh and his days with the uh, oakland raiders with uh with uh, al davis and when you look at the book across the board all three coaches all and and, and the owner they all did one thing right, and that was they established a culture. So when you look at when you look at it, is when you look at the teams out there. I have two. I have actually have two coaches on the hot seat. I think the one that has failed to establish the right winning culture is. I mean, number one would be Adam Gase uh, from the New York mm -hmm. Jets. I mean, we've. I mean, we've seen stories out there like crazy, and you know what? How they say it? Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, it went back to with Le'Veon Bell, where he didn't want Le'Veon Bell, right? But Le'Veon Bell's playing, and he's still producing for you. You know what I mean? He's still a big threat. I mean, Le'Veon's not an older dude. I mean, he's still he's still in his prime. He can still get you those 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 you know those you know he can still get you those extra two, three, four yards. You know, uh, he just a very elusive running back. And then most recently, you have the safe their their star safety Jamal Adams saying that. You know he's just not the right coach for the team, and then there's some there's some there's some rumblings going around about the actual the ownership, right? So when you look at it, the Jets right now are a complete mess. I would say my dark horse uh, uh, coach on the head on the hot seat would be uh, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears, uh, Matt Nagy. I just think that. I think that if if uh, you know with the success he had earlier on, I think it's already winding down. Uh, if they don't if they don't get into the playoffs, I, I think that that's a that's a team to that's a that's a coach that definitely may be on the hot seat. And uh, just to give you a little bit of insight, I think that that would pave a, a couple of waves. Maybe a Byron Leftwich would be considered, you know, as a as a uh, up uh, as a head coach. Maybe Greg Roman, um, you know. There's 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 a bunch of names out there. Eric uh, Bieniemy, right? So, I think uh, and then the, of course the defensive quarter uh, coordinator from the 49ers, uh, Robert uh, Sala. Robert so, Sala. Yeah. So so yeah. when you look at it, I mean, from from all those who can establish the right culture, right, the winning culture. So when you look at when you look at other other ones, there's there's so many coaches out there right now in the hot seat. I just think that these two right now. I think that the Jets one is they're a little bit more in in shambles, and uh, I think that a dark horse would be the Chicago Bears. I think that they got it. I mean, Nagy has to do something special this year to continue his his run there with the Bears. Yeah, and those are all really good names that you guys mentioned. But I think you guys you guys did not mention the one that's in the hot seat the you know the most, right? I mean. It's Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans. Now let's let's kind of just let's review their offseason, right? Let's start off with the trade. We all know how we how I felt about the trade for you know 
them trading away DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals and they got back David Johnson and, you know, a bag of peanuts. I mean, it was really it was really not anything worth value, you know, like a DeAndre Hopkins that they received back. So uh, Bill O'Brien's on the hot seat, you know, and he's the active GM. I guess you can say it right. There's not a general manager right now in Houston. So, hey, man, you got the Sean Watson as your start, as starting quarterback. Um, you kind of revamped the offense. Now it's time to see results. And we're going to see how good of a GM you were by doing that trade. Yeah. Yes, that's a great – that's a great one. Real quick, I want to add this one right here. Then This might come across as shocking, and I think – I don't want to say – I thought about – I've been thinking about it for a couple of days because I've been ready for us to do this segment, but I'm going to throw this one out there. How about – and this, this is going to be shocking now. Work with me here. How about John Gruden from, from the Las Vegas You need to stop now, right there. <laughs> now, 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 hold on. I'm going to give my reason why. Okay. In terms of being on the hot seat as of right now, firing – like getting fired this year, no, I mean he's like he's into he's going into his third year of a ten year third third year with the Raiders um of a ten year deal. Am I correct? Okay, with, right. With that being said, okay, you're moving to a new stadium, a new a new a new team, a, a new new state with, with the Raiders. You're now called the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr's your quarterback. Okay, when you brought in Antonio Brown last year, that that situation didn't work out. We all know what happened. You've made a lot of additions this year. You had a pretty solid draft this year. Okay, you're not in the hot seat of, in terms of like like Ben fired this coming season. But I think if the Raiders, they need to win some games this year. They need to start showing some improvement. Cause I mean, you got a 10 year deal, Gruden, you're going into your third season. It's time. Now it's time for the st- start seeing them numbers, the win, the win loss to, to, to go to come, to come up a little bit in that win column. Because I'm telling you after this year here, I definitely think you can make the conversation. You, you, you can start a conversation and say, Hey, is John Gruden going to be the guy for us or what? Because I think next year it'd be he'd be going to his fourth season with the Raiders after this coming season. So I definitely think you can start raising that question after this coming year if he doesn't do anything. But as of right now, he's good. But I just want to just I want y'all to keep an eye on that one. Though. I, I want to go ahead and put that fire out right now, man. He he's not going to get fired. I mean, he had a ten year yeah, deal, man. That no no no. But I, but I'm saying, look, from the time he took over to last year, the the team did improve, right? And they're adding. So many additions, also, you know, through the draft and free agency, they're going to be a lot better this year. They're, you know, they're going to be a dark horse okay, to but, make okay, the playoffs. Better as in what in the division? Because I mean, that division is dominated at the top by the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Broncos are coming the, up. The, the Chargers. Let, let, so let, let's revisit that real quick. So Chargers. I mean, last time I checked, they have Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback, right? And they drafted a rookie quarterback. So, do you really feel like Justin Herbert, if he gets a chance to start, is going to be able to? You know, take them to where they want to well, go. I don't think so. Previous shows, what I say, I said, I said the Chargers gonna win ten games. They're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna, they might make a playoff run. And Anthony Lynn's gonna win Coach of the Year. That that's what I said in our previous show. I think Justin Herbert's gonna take over by week three for Tyrod Taylor. I said I, it in our previous show. I'm gonna chime in. So, real quick, anytime you, you you release a coach, you are responsible for paying the remaining of his contract out. The the Raiders the Raiders ownership they do not have that kind of money to be, uh to be kind of forking out to a new coach and still paying the previous coach so I think he still has what how many years left in his contract well seven so then after about, after about this one's gonna be seven seven yeah. years so I don't think they want to be on the books for seven years so I think he's he's pretty safe there there is two that I will throw out there and they were obvious but I didn't want to go with the obvious but I I think that not only the head coach but the general manager. The first one, Dan Quinn, and uh, and their general manager also, right? Uh, 
with the Falcons. Thomas Dimitrov. Yes, Dimitrov. They're, I think that they're both on the hot seat. And you can also count in the Jaguars with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Caldwell and uh, Doug Marone. I think that they're also yeah. on the hot seat. And I think that, I mean, from, from, from the two teams, I think that both of them, I mean, pretty sure if you look at the ownership, I'm pretty sure they don't they wouldn't mind having a top pick next year, especially with mm-hmm. the quarterback the quarterbacks that are coming out. Both of them need quarterbacks. I understand that Gardner Minshew put on some good, you know, he he he's a gritty, fiery competitor. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. I don't <laughs> know if he's the answer though. You know what I mean? Long term. I don't think he I don't think he's a long term answer. I think after this year Doug Marone will be gone. And I think the Jaguars will be have a top five pick in the upcoming draft next year, and they they're gonna get a quarterback. Hey, well, let's think about it this way. So let's let's say they they do fire Doug Marone. What if Byron Lef- Leftwich comes back as their head coach? Oh man, that, that well, you know, he, play, that he plays for the Jaguars, so that would be great. Yeah, yeah. The irony in that's crazy. But I mean, it, it it all comes down to culture. If if these general managers understand about finding the right coach that can establish the right culture, a winning culture. I think that you would have success, right? And I think that the Raiders right now are doing a good job of blo- of allowing Mike Mayock and John Gruden to work together to put together a good team. Man, that team looks promising for the future. Um, so when you look at you know teams like that, I mean, just long term, long term. But see, the you- thing about the Raiders is the, the reason why they got so bad, and another reason why I brought out I brought up John Gruden's name is because he's in a tough division, man. The Chargers, the Chiefs, the Broncos. I know the Raiders are coming. They're on the upcoming. I like the draft. I, I do. I still feel they could have got Judy or Lamb instead of Rose. But overall, I love the draft. I love the Brian Abrams from South Carolina, my home state. I, I love it. Well, I'm in North Carolina, but South Carolina's right there. But like I said, I, I, lo- I love the draft. They got some good depth players and some good young talent. But I just think if they was in any other division in the AFC, I think, I mean, the Raiders probably could be a playoff team. But they got the Chiefs in my No, home. no. It's not that they could. They are going to be a playoff team. They Mahomes are going to make the just, playoffs. I think Patrick Mahomes, guy, he, he has something, something else to say about that. Well, he's just some, would, in your I deal would, there with the Chiefs. Me, he's not going nowhere. Let me just add my two cents also to this. To be in that division right now, I bet you they all love it. All four teams love to be in that division. Why? Because that's must-see TV. So I'm pretty sure all the owners are happy. I understand maybe perhaps the, the Broncos head coach might. He he may be on the hot seat, but the way things are right now, I think that, you know what I'm saying, they're going to give him some time to see if he can actually get Drew Locke to get off. But I think all four, all four teams, I think that they're happy to be in that division because everybody's tuning into that division right now. Well, well not only that, but it's a uh, competitive division, right? It so, is. I mean, you're going you're to play these teams twice a year. It is. I so, totally agree. But- Agreed. Hey, but yeah, those were all really great names. But I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you on that John Gruden win. That's it. That's <laughs> like I said, that's I, that's crazy I, to I, say. I'm gonna man. go back. I didn't say he's getting fired this year. But no, but but even even for year. you to mention that though, even I, I for you to that, say that he's that I, he can potentially it, be in the hot seat, you're completely wrong. I think I mentioned it because after this year, or during, if he did, if if we don't start seeing wins this year, next year we can have it. It'll be a legitimate. But, a legitimate but, conversation for us to have next. So, year. so all these names though that we're saying, they have a back record, right? So, I mean, if you look at the Raiders two years ago, they're they was a debacle. The Raiders, I mean, last year they improved. The Raiders are going to a new venue. Those fans want to see win, not just they want to see playoffs. 
They don't want to just we're, we're, they they're going to they're going to be like Las Vegas. They want to they want to see they want to see talent on the field and they want to see winning. They want to see winning football. They don't want to see and, them on six and ten or seven and nine. Look, and that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a winning team. I mean, you're, you're talking Raiders, about the Raiders make the playoffs this year. Yes. What would their final record be? Eleven and five. Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, you, you said worse things. I mean, you said Jerry Stenner was going to be the starting quarterback of the New and England I, Patriots. And hey, that's still that's still a good that's still a good fact. It, it can All happen. right, I'm gonna go and cut happen. you off right now, man. You it, it can happen. <laughs> I definitely, I still think it can happen. Hey, hey, I guarantee. You, if we took a vote right now of any from from sports from the, from people in the sports industry, and let's say, hey, who has a better chance? The Raiders make the playoffs or Jerry Stidham start week one? Oh, one? hey, well, I'm think, glad you I said that. You so. So actually, so so what we can do is we're actually going to have a poll on our Twitter page. So we're, we're going to have that up. What's going to happen? You know, Raiders are going to make the playoffs or Jared Stidham's going to uh, be the starting quarterback of the New we England won. Patriots. Okay, I, that's, that's great. All right, fans, audience out there, you heard Kendall. So we're going to go ahead and put that on Twitter and we're going to need your voices to kind of settle the debate. But I already know I won this just because for you to say that John Green is on the hot seat, man, you're crazy. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're all entitled to our own opinions. Hey, man. It's not an opinion. That's a fact. He's on the hot seat. Stiddy. We have some breaking news. The Seattle Seahawks have acquired safety Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth-round pick from the New York Jets in exchange for safety Bradley McDougal a 2021 first-round pick, a 2021 third-rounder, and a 2022 first-rounder. Man, that's a lot of picks to give up for Jamal Adams. Oh, man, I think they gave up too much for Jamal Adams. I mean, two ones. I mean, oh, my God, the Jets are definitely oh, – they're in rebuild mode. And I think with, with the latest events of Jamal Adams, the way he came out talking about the Jets head coach and Adam Gase, I think that something had to be done quickly. And the ball was kind of – it was kind of in their in their court. Like, I mean, something had to get done right then, and they took it, and they got a great deal. So, I think the Jets are in rebuild, in rebuild mode. Um, Jamal Adams, he's moving along. I'm, I'm sure he's happy. He's going to a contender. And uh, you, and I'm sure you know he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to want to redo that contract too. So, I think the Seahawks got a good deal, but the Jets, they definitely want it. Uh, there's two things that you got to look at, right? And the Jets, G, I think the, the GM, obviously, he learned a lot from Howie Roseman. Well, his time with Howie Roseman, as far as using players for draft capital, and uh, I just think that that last statement that you know Jamal went public about the about the whole organization, I think that was like kind of like the tipping point. And uh, if you look at it, I mean they got a great package in return for Jamal Adams. Uh, Seattle, obviously, you can look at what Seattle's trying to do. With anytime they have Russell Wilson, they are contenders. And they're always gonna they're always gonna be a threat to any team in the playoffs, especially during playoffs, right? So when you look at the overall, what what are they? What were the Seahawks trying to do? They're trying to rebuild their or reestablish their identity, right? Which is the Legion of Boom, right? The the big the big old corners on the outside that are press zone heavy, cover three scheme, and, and they have that. I mean, they got they traded. Uh, with the Lions last year, they got Quandre Diggs. He's a smaller free safety, can get from one side of the one side of the field to the other and, and make plays on the ball. He's not he's not a true ball hawk like Earl Thomas, but he's in that same shape. 
And um, they also, this offseason, they traded for Quentin Dunbar, who's a big six foot two. I mean, just a big, a big corner, almost nearing six three. Uh, he, he can get his hands on the ball. He knows how to read defenses. He needs to stay healthy, though. And then they got Trey Flowers, who's a six foot three corner, also. And the missing piece was, you know, that strong safety that could come down and just, I mean, just lay the wood down on any any ball carrier. So I think they were able to land that with Jamal Adams. If you stop, you look at the big picture. They're recreating the Legion of Boob, and now they are able to stack up against the 49ers and stop the run of the 49ers. So overall, I mean, was it a win-win? We'll see, right? I mean, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't come out in the championship game, I, I'd say if they don't come out in the Super Bowl in the next two years, and then it wasn't worth it. But if they can get a Super Bowl uh, visit to the Super Bowl, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, it was a good trade. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of different ways you can see this. You know, it was rumored that the 49ers were ready to make the, you know, the move for Adams, but I think ultimately John Lynch probably felt it was going to be way too much to give up for Jamal Adams. Uh, but one thing it does tell me, they're in win-now mode. So, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, he is an older coach. Uh, you know, Wilson is in the prime of his career. They have a young team, and just bringing Jamal Adams is definitely going to help out that defense which is one of the years he did struggle in last year. Now, what th- what this is going to mean for Jadavion Clowney, I mean, it's still unknown, right, because he's still out there in free agency. <clears throat> yes, I was. Go- that's a great um, take. For that. I, was, I was just about to bring it up. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But if they can bring back Clowney and the adult with what they got on defense and with Jamal Adams, oh, man. And just a little bit of last-minute instant reaction. Le'Veon Bell just came out and said, I mean, he, he, he's taking shots at Adams right now. Yep, he's not I just saw it. He's not happy with it, so oh, it's, hey, it's, it's about to be chaos. And I think maybe he, I think he's going to ask for a trade too. But I mean, if you're if you're the Jets, are you really going to say like, all right, well, if you don't want to be here, I'm just going to trade you? I mean, who's going to trade for Le'Veon's Bell's contract? <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of teams that'll take Bell. You had a down year last year, man. I don't know. I think I'd rather just draft a running back. Again, well, that, that one piece. If you're the Jets and you know you're not winning nothing in the next couple of years, you just got rid of Adams, you freed up some you freed up a little bit of cap. You want to get a lot younger. Why not just, just sell the just sell the whole house? Get rid of Bell. So have a fire sell. Yeah. Look burn what the, the Dolphins did. Just, bur- just burn the it. shit down. Yep. Burn it all the way to the ground. And build it around your young quarterback and Sam Donald. Well, first you're gonna get a new uh head coach because I don't think Adam Gase is the answer there. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the other thing, too, I mean, the NFC West division is going to be very tough now. I mean, yeah, the Niners went to the Super Bowl last year, but now with, you know, Jamal Adams being a Seattle Seahawk, I think they're kind of neck and neck a little bit more now. I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just one of those things. I, the running game is the 49ers' strength, right? So, I mean, you need you need that safety that can come down and just, I mean, stop it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly what he can bring you. And I think that they're gonna they're gonna be able to 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 really make Cal Shanahan look outside the box and really be creative with his play calling. And he's always done a good job. But I mean, now he's not gonna be able to run the same play over and over and over and over again, right? I mean, what was that one game where he ran the same running play for like four times in a row? So yeah, with with this addition in Seattle in the playoffs. Let's just say, and and the 49ers in the playoffs at the same time against each other. Jamal Adams is gonna is gonna set the tone for them. 
I think I think Jabal Adams to the Seahawks instantly makes them a pretty good secondary. Just look look at the names they got. They got Adams. They got Quandre Diggs at the other safety. They got Trey Flowers, a tall, long corner. He could be a Richard Sherman. They still got Shaquille, um, Shaquille Griffin at, at the corner. I mean, just look look at that secondary now. They're, then they still and they still got um, Quentin Dunbar from from the Redskins that they brought in and via trade this offseason. So I think right now instantly that that secondary is better and it has more depth and it's young. So they they can add Clowney. To that defense, oh man, Seattle, watch out! Who won the trade? The Jets won it by a long shot. The Jets, uh, the, the the Seahawks won, and, and the Seahawks won a trade in terms of they can get to a Super Bowl a lot quicker than the Jets, and he and they got Jamal Adams happy. But in terms of compensation, the Jets won it. It's not even close. I'm gonna go with the Jets because right now, I mean, they they've been in complete remote uh, rebuild, right? So, and and it's. And it's like a, a very subtle rebuild, right? Uh, because they were able to add some key pieces, right? They were able to get, uh, a, I mean, a promising offensive tackle that is huge, a monster, right? Mekhi Becton, I don't know, what, how how big was he? Like 6'7", 300 and... Yeah, he's a big guy. Big, huge dude, but, I mean, could move like a dancing bear. So, you know, they're, they're getting protection for Sam, da- uh, Sam Darnold. And then... Uh, you know, they, they were actually able to go and get Denzel Mims. And, and it was kind of like if if the GM knew, the Jets GM knew that this was going to happen. So they go and they, they drafted Ashton Davis, right? That promising safety out of Cal. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were comparing him to um, Harrison Smith from the Vikings. So when you stop and you look at it, it he put himself in a position to be able to trade Jamal Adams and still have the necessary depth. And when you look at it, look at all the draft capital, plus they got a player in return. So, I mean, they got depth and picks. And these next two years, the draft the, the draft for the next two years, it's going to be insane with the talent all around, all around. So when you look at it, they got two first-round picks next year, two first-round picks in the following year. They win, they win this one by a large margin. All right, today we had a big show. Any final thoughts? Yes, I want to thank the two guys that came on, um, Tim Tim Whitfield and Jeremiah Spicer. We had a really a great show with them. They came on, told us some great stories. Um, Jeremiah has a great story, man. I really, I really, I really would like for y'all to go out and listen to it. It was a great, great um interview with them. Tim Whitfield, he got a great story too, man. He's up and coming. I think he's gonna get a shot in the NFL. I actually hope he does. Now, well, I think both of them get a shot, but um, Tim has an interesting story, man, and oh, he reminds me of Zeke Elliott. He actually, he actually says Zeke Elliott is one of his favorite players. So I think it's a great show. And then we had the late breaking news with Jamal Adams. I mean, it was a great show, man. And appreciate it, guys. Man, what what can what can I say? Right? I mean, NFL is back. It's officially back, and football, right? football's back what a relief just super excited i mean look at i mean with the with just just the excitement that the nfl brings to everyday life right i mean this last minute breaking news of jamal adams i mean does the nfl ever stop to make headlines no and uh i think that you're you have found the right show you have found the right team to make sure that we are always putting out content for you so make sure just stay tuned 
uh, with the podcast, our YouTube, and definitely the website, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. All right, guys. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the East West Football Podcast again. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.